Last time on Kingdom Voices Revealed, we began the first part of a two-part episode, Ekbalo, an intro to Deliverance. Last time was part one, the scriptural basis for deliverance. In it, we looked at what is the scriptural basis for deliverance, and we looked at various scriptures that go behind it as to why deliverance, who is it for, who are the people that mainly need deliverance, how does one know when they need it, and many other examples of questions and answers to various scenarios. In this recording, we'll be continuing with part two of Ekbalo, an intro to deliverance. The title of part two, How to Get Set Free and Find Your Voice. We will be continuing on with a few more scriptural items and then going from there into debunking various myths and lies surrounding deliverance. And after that, we'll be going into how does one prepare and get ready for deliverance or how does one embrace a season of deliverance in their lives and what are the steps needed to be taken in order for one to be ready for all that God has in it. And finally, after that, we will be going into what you have all been waiting for, a time of application and prayer, where I'll be praying for mass deliverance for various ones of you to receive deliverance on various levels. And especially if you've never experienced it before, this will be your first chance opportunity. And now, the continuation. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Kingdom Voices Revealed. This is a podcast series where our heart is to impart, reveal, and help you discover how to activate your kingdom, voice, identity, gifts, and callings. New episodes will be released every Friday. Well, hello, 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 and shalom, and welcome to all of you to the continuation in part two of episode five, Ekbalo, an intro to deliverance. If you're with me in the last recording, we went through scriptural examples showing us the scriptural basis for deliverance. We also went through identifying various indicators as to when someone would know they would need deliverance or why they would need deliverance and what are demons' objectives as to why one would need deliverance and Satan's plans for people if they never receive it. I then went in and prayed for various ones of you whom I had felt that the Lord was highlighting to me that perhaps for you, you know, there's a call on your life and you know that very much what's stopping you from your call and from souls being one and being brought into the kingdom is the very issue you need to face dealing with, which is your deliverance. And so we talked about that and made it very practical and personal for you. In this part, the continuation of the recording, we will be going into this further In this recording of part two, we'll be going into the second part, which is how to get free and find your voice. So the objective and goal will be for you to get to the point where you feel like you know how to get free. What do I need to do to get free or to get into that place of deliverance, to get delivered and to embrace the season God has for me? And those will be some of the objectives we'll be going through. And through that, for you to ultimately find that voice that you know that God wants you to find, that calling, that destiny we talked about at the end of the last recording, that you will be able to find that and discover that for your life. And we'll be talking about what it takes to get there. But before we get into all of that, we'll continue on where we were last time with a few more scriptural examples and then be going from there into the next part. So I'm going to pray for you now. Holy Spirit, thank you so much 
for everyone who's here who's listening to this recording. I just want to bless them and just release your presence over them right now, where they are in their homes or wherever they are listening, in their cars, at work, wherever it is. I just bless everyone and I release right now more of your presence into where they are, wherever they are. We shift that atmosphere into more of this and your anointing. I release that into their places. And right now, I declare over them of an impartation of every word that's spoken and every word that is of you. May it impart into their hearts. May it activate something in them. May it take them to the next step. May you make that way forward where they can really resonate and feel the application you have for their lives in terms of how do I get the freedom I need and how do I get through that season God has for me so I can then go on with discovering my voice, my identity, my gifts, my calling. How can I get to that next step? What are the steps needed to be taken to get there? How do I do all this? And Lord, again, I pray that during this time that you would go deep in their hearts and through the power of your Holy Spirit at work, you would really bring them forward into all that they need in terms of what does it take to get there, that you would strengthen them for being able to hear everything, but also that you would equip and impart into them all that's needed. We just give this to you, and we welcome you to be speaking and to lead through this time. We give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So in the last episode, we were talking about the scriptural basis for deliverance. And I gave you some key scriptures as examples. There are a few more scriptures I want to give you quickly before we go into the next step. And so I'm going to give you those few scriptures now. And then we'll talk about them and then go from there. Matthew 8, verse 16. This one talks about when even Cain, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were ill. Mark 1, verse 39. And he went into their synagogues, preaching throughout Galilee and casting out the demons. Matthew 13, verse 28. But if I cast out the demons by the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God has come upon you. Luke 10, verse 17 to 20. This one I read earlier on. This is the one where the 72 had returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. And so we can clearly see in this passage that, in fact, Jesus had sent out 72 to cast out demons. And they came back and reported that, in fact, they were subject to that authority that he delegated unto them. And so we can clearly see it's not just for Jesus to do alone, but Jesus does it through people. He chooses to set this institution up through people. That's his main way that deliverance works is through others. And I'll get to that in a moment more. But again, he wants to do that through people. And that's part of the Great Commission. And it goes on to say that they shall cast out demons in my name in the Great Commission in Mark. And so we know that for sure. Cast out demons, that word ekbalo that I mentioned earlier. And this is the other thing. So we don't have to be afraid either because it says right here that he has given us authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us. All right? And so this is important to understand that we don't have to be afraid of them because we have Christ's authority in us. And what's interesting is in the book of Acts, you have the seven sons of Sceva who went out to try and cast demons out of someone. And they went to that person and they said, in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches, come out of this person. 
and the person with the demons in there, the demons said to the person that, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? And you see, they couldn't do this because of the fact that they were not walking in that confidence of their authority in Christ. See, in the end, where it talks about rejoicing that our names are recorded in heaven, here's the crucial part right there. Because they were not doing that, the seven sons of Sceva. No, on the contrary, they were just trying to use Jesus' name like some sort of password or code word. Or they thought that if I say it this way, then the demons will come out. But they didn't have that relationship. And so guess what? They were not able to operate in that authority. But if we actually rejoice that our names are written in heaven, and at that point, we will see all these things happen because we are operating under his authority. Demons will be casted out in his name. That's a promise under the Great Commission. And also it is fulfilled in a foreshadowing or beforehand situation in the example I just read in Luke 10, verse 17 to 20, where the 72 were sent out. We can already see that example taking place. And again, it's restated in the Great Commission. And that's very important we understand this. And then the last example here I have is 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5. And it says in there, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And of course, we use this when we're talking about spiritual warfare. But it's also very much also a foundational point with deliverance that people are not the enemy. And God wants us to have compassion on every person who needs deliverance. And that when they're under the influence of demons, he wants us to understand his love for those people. To be set free from being held captive and left in bondage by demons or whatever it is they're doing to them. And to have compassion for the person and have a hatred towards the demons. And to have God's heart that's needed to see them get set free. You need to have a love for those people if you are called to this issue of deliverance. And if you're somebody who needs it, we need to understand this is God's love for you. That you are set free so you can live your life to the full. That you can live it more abundantly. We have body, soul, and spirit. Demons want to take up residence in us and hinder that relationship that we can have with God. Yes, the Holy Spirit indwells when you receive Jesus. But at the same time, he cannot dwell to the fullness they can't overflow. It makes it difficult to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit simply if there are demons still residing there getting in the way. And a lot of times I think this is also why people who are not living for God don't notice what the demons are doing. They are totally oblivious to it because all they notice what's in there is anything but God. But once God is there, that's when the heat turns up and that's when everything becomes more intense. And so in the beginning, I talked about the right of passage for every believer and what they have a right to, that they're entitled to deliverance. And that when we receive Holy Spirit in our lives, demons will not want to be there. And there's a conflict and a clash of kingdoms. And ultimately, we know that God always is the winning side. But they want to do all they can to try and win the person back. And sometimes that happens. But either way... Ultimately, God has to have the greater victory. And in order for that to happen, we have to submit to him and be willing to get ourselves delivered so God can transform us. And when we allow him to deliver us, he can then take us from where we are and he can set us free from these demons. God wants to sanctify the life of every believer and not just leave them in a state of their carnality or in the state of that they've been in their old life. But in fact, he wants 
all the flesh nature to be crucified unto him, but also for those demons to be fully brought to the cross. See, that's the thing. Okay, the cross is the final curse, but it has to be applied. And it looks like you coming out of agreement with your old life and really deciding that you want to do war against that to where you're willing to let that old man be crucified, to where you're willing to allow yourself to surrender it all to Jesus. You got to surrender it all. But if you do, you can get set free and then Jesus can deliver you from all those things in your old life if you're willing to let him take over. You're willing to submit to his authority against them. Then when you apply his authority in you and renounce and come out of agreement with that old life, then he can see those demons leave you. He can set you free. Jesus is the one that does it by the finger of God, but also through the power of the Holy Spirit. Deliverance is all about surrender, and it's about living a life where you're willing to let everything go, not just part of it, but all of it. You got to live out your life on God's terms. And so God will take you through a season where especially he'll be taking you through all those things to face all those things in your old life and to say no to it and to say yes to him. And as you do that, he can then sanctify you and set you free. Now, deliverance is a lifestyle. And sometimes it's like going deeper in like layers of an onion or something. He'll take you deeper. And so it's not just a one-time thing. It's a lifestyle. So sometimes that happens, but there is a large concentration of it that he wants to get done. And sometimes he'll lead you into the wilderness season, into those moments where it's just you and him and where he'll get you free. Now, all that to say, deliverance, again, like I said earlier, is something where he primarily chooses to do through others. And so he works through the authority of the believer. And so there's various reasons why that is. But I believe that ultimately it's hard to confront demons and tell them to leave when they're present and or when they're doing things to try and take control. It's kind of hard to tell them to leave. Well, if you're not fully in a state of consciousness where you can deal with that and maybe you can do that part, but sometimes they like to fight back. And this is why it's important to have people walk us through that. I will tell you there's this issue of self-deliverance and a lot of people believing this idea that oh, I can just really do this all myself. And I'll tell you, no, that's something that God leads you sometimes afterwards to maintain your deliverance. But in the front end, you need to find people who you can allow yourself to fully be open and trusting before the Lord to work through others. That's how he wants to do that. And yeah, but can people get delivered by themselves when there's no one around to do it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but I believe that this is primarily something where he's established this idea of him working through other people. And so I really encourage you guys, if you want to know more about this, you know, reach out to me and contact me if you want to understand it more to understand why it is the way it is. If you know that you're ultimately needing this, don't put it off. Demons will make you question this. They will make you be scared of receiving it when it's time. And ultimately, you need to decide and be determined that you're going to do all you can to get your freedom. And if that means reaching out to certain people, do it. Right? God's put the church and the body of Christ around you for a reason. Don't isolate yourself. Isolation will keep you in bondage, keep you in sin. And, but if you reach out, that's where God can move when you do that because you're facing fears and you're willing to work beyond those issues. Now, let's talk about a few misconceptions and a few lies, a few myths. We'll probably have to revisit this issue at a later time, and that's fine. We'll do that. But I want to visit a couple of points here. All right. So, myth number one. If I have demons 
or need deliverance, it must mean that my salvation is in danger. I would tell you that this is a half-truth, right? It can put you in a place where you're at a greater risk of turning your back on God, which would ultimately lead your salvation in danger eventually, eventually if you kept ignoring it because they'd want to try and get you to do that. But to have demons present and needing deliverance does not mean that. And in fact, it could be an indicator that there's a greater surety of your salvation. Why? Because you're wanting Jesus more. You're wanting his authority more. And if the demons are actually reacting more, it means they don't want to be there anymore. All right? And this is very important to understand it. It is the children's bread. It is your right as a believer. You are more eligible and more entitled for it simply because you have the authority of Christ within you. And that is very important and crucial to understand this, more than anyone else. A second myth, and this is an important one. Deliverance is not for today because all the gifts cease to exist when the Bible is canonized. And we'll get into this at a later time to explain this issue of cessationism and why it's a lie. But you have to understand that no, the gifts did not cease to exist they are still very much a part of today. So therefore, God chooses to work through discernment of spirits and other gifts to see that demons are casted out of people. He very much still uses it today. Right, myth number three. Deliverance is for the unbeliever and not for the believer. I would tell you that if you have this paradigm, you need to repent and come out of agreement with that because you're actually selling yourself short of what God wants for you. You're more entitled to deliverance more than the unbeliever simply because of the authority of Christ within you. We visited this a few times, but I want to mention this one again. Myth number three, I need to have enough faith to get delivered. I would tell you that while you do need to have faith in the sense of having at the heart of faith a greater allegiance to Christ and an obedience and willingness to do whatever it takes and to put your trust in Him and His ability to deliver you, it is not just about your faith. In fact, the minister who prays for you, the person who prays for you for deliverance, also will be operating under that. And so it's important a lot of times, in fact, to trust God's work through them. Myth number four, if I get delivered, it's because of the minister and they do all the work for me. I don't have to do a thing. And I want to tell you that that is absolutely not true. There is the part that you do to prepare for the deliverance. You bring your heart into the right place so you can get delivered. And you very much need to do that. You need to be prepared. You need to be ready to come out of agreement with things you're agreeing with, to renounce things, to repent, to come out of agreement. We'll go over this at the end and we'll walk through what that looks like. But you very much do need to do that. And it is not just the minister doing all the work for you. The minister may cast the demons out, but it's very much also dependent on where you are at as well. Myth number five. Deliverance is just about telling demons to leave a person and casting them out. I would say to you that that is an oversimplification. Yes, at the heart of the matter, we've already talked about that. Ekbalo, to cast the demons out, for them to be thrusted out, expelled. Absolutely. But it's also a lifestyle, and it's a process of getting to that point and also setting yourself up for it. So it is not just that issue, but in fact, it is also the preparation of you getting ready, getting your heart ready. It is you confessing and repenting 
and renouncing before demons are casted out. And then it is also you, again afterwards, stepping into changing your lifestyle afterwards as a result, allowing God to transform you and renew your mind. All of it's a part of a greater process of sanctification and transformation. However, it's not just this moment of the, the demons being casted out, and it is not even just a one-time event, but it's a lifestyle. And number six, the point I just mentioned, deliverance is a one-time event. No, it is a lifestyle. It's a larger picture, a lot more involved, and it can be different times and seasons. And also, it is not just one minister helping or one person or one situation, but it can be many things factored in as well. Number seven, I get to decide the time when it's convenient for me to get delivered. I would say this is absolutely false, and nothing could be further than the truth. In fact, you do not get to decide when it's convenient for you, and that's very important. You have to work off of when God leads you and when God shows you it is time. In fact, there is this concept of appointed times and seasons to where it is very much the right timing for it. Now, however, God works with us as well. And so it's also as we have gotten ourselves to the point of being ready. So we have to do the work of preparing ourselves and our hearts for that appointed time. God will not just hand things over on a silver platter, but he's working with us in that relationship. So this is very important to understand that. Number eight. Demons are sure to stay away and leave as soon as they're told to go. They must go as soon as they're told that. This is absolutely not true. In fact, you have to make sure that those open doors are shut and that legal agreements are renounced. Renounce means to come out of agreement. You have to renounce them if you want to make sure that these demons for sure will leave and stay away. And that's very important to understand that. You do not want to give them access. You see, demons don't even have to always be in such a way where you know for sure they're right there all the time. They like to make people think they're not. But here's what they do. You see, they're, it's like they're a ball and chain. They're the ball, and they're chained to you. So that even in the moments when you can't tell if they're there or not, you won't notice until you don't want them there. And guess what? Then there are this burden and this ball that you're dragging around on the chain but God wants to set you free from your bonds where you're chained to them. He wants you to be completely free. Number nine, demons and evil are simply present because we give them too much focus and pay too much attention to them. It's like the phrase, see no evil, hear no evil, and no evil will come to you, right? Now, when I compared it to that phrase, that phrase is not even a biblical idea. And so, but a lot of Christians think this, and they think that if we just somehow change our focus and we just ignore them, they'll just go away. We're just focusing too much on it. And I will tell you that this is a huge, major error I hear all the time in the church. And a lot of people, a lot of Christians who are spirit-filled Christians, in fact, they say this all the time. And they think that we can't focus too much, or that might just make them be there. That's absolutely a massive, massive, gross exaggeration and distortion of the truth. And in fact, to have that idea that if we focus and just simply think about their presence or, or admit they're there, that somehow we're allowing more evil to come, that's, 
That's not true. And, and ignoring them doesn't make them go away, actually. Ignoring just suppresses their existence. Because one of the biggest lies or biggest tricks Satan does is to try and prove that he doesn't exist. And so when you do that, you're just actually empowering him more. And so ignoring it will not make it go away. Or maybe I just need to say the right scriptures and it will all happen. Well, that's a component of what you need to do, but that's not all of it. Again, again, yeah, do we want to necessarily be always focusing on every demon present all the time and all that it's doing? No, and the reason why is because we also want to make sure that we're replacing darkness with light. We're bringing more of God's greater power present into our life. And if we're always almost to the point where we're hypervigilant and... I guess, more worried about that which is against us than that which is for us. We're not going to see how God is actually winning the war and has won the war and how God delivers us and sets us free. We're not going to be able to come into a place of alignment with God's power at work. He is greater and he has the victory, but that doesn't mean that everything's over. You see, he came to destroy the works of the devil, but it's not all fully set and done. We have to apply that. And so that means that, of course, we do need to acknowledge his work and his power defeating the enemy. And so obviously we can't just ignore this if it's still at work. It's still at work until everything's done when Satan and his demons are cast into the lake of fire. So, of course, ignoring it will not solve the problem. Ignoring it will just lead us to more bondage because we're living in ignorance and we're ultimately suppressing the truth for a lie. So that is totally false. Number 10, all these names of demons and thinking about names of demons, if the names are not ones that I see in scripture, I'm not going to acknowledge it. This is also a complete misconception of scripture. In fact, since Satan works in the realms of lying and deception as the father of lies, or if he works in the areas of creating and making up deceptions does he have to work under the rules of scriptures and under those laws does he work by the rules or play by the rules no he doesn't and so when it comes to exposing what's at work we have to understand that when we're actually discerning what's operating and what the deceptions are what the spirits are and when the bible says to test every spirit it's right and appropriate that we actually take the necessary measures to expose the lies and the deceptions that are operating we do not have to look within certain parameters that are to where it's all under a formula. That, oh, if I could find the exact scripture. All right, let me explain this to you carefully. All right, we work within the parameters of scriptures and within that framework of what's in the scriptures to where we're not going to operate in what's contrary to scripture. But when it comes to exposing the things that are contrary, it's obviously we don't need to have to find every name and every example within the scriptures as long as what we're seeing is revealed or exposed reveals the truth by those lies if it still supports what's in scripture that perspective and is not a violation then we're fine but again when we're exposing what spirits are at work we're also exposing what are the violations so it works differently because satan doesn't work by the rules the second thing to understand in this part is that to understand that which is false, you need to understand that which is true. So yes, we need to know the truth in the word to understand that which is counterfeit. The Satan works in counterfeits. And to understand those counterfeits better, we have to understand the real thing. That's how money counters work. 
they know the fake bill because they've looked at the real bill so many times. It's the same thing. Number 11. Deliverance ministry should not include talking to demons. We don't need to talk to demons. We just need to tell them to go. And I would tell you that this is a misconception also, right? You have to understand the underlying message on there. That there are some times where we do need to confront demons. In fact, Jesus himself did this. In the passage where Jesus cast out a legion of demons out of the man by the tombs, in that passage, he tells the demons to go and they say no. So he says, what is your name? And then they explain, we are many, we are a legion. And so in this, we have to understand that sometimes interrogating and questioning the demons why they're there, what agreements do they have, what prevents them from being able to be casted out is extremely crucial. And so this is a necessary step in deliverance. Does it mean it always has to happen? No. And does it mean that a minister should just talk to demons and say whatever or ask questions and have conversations with them and all those things? No, they should not. They should not be wasting that kind of time. And, and putting a person through that is not really a healthy thing. Because a lot of the arguments that people make about talking to demons, they say, well, it creates pride in the minister, or it basically is humiliating the person. And I'll tell you that I understand what they're getting at, but we can still use the authority of Christ to make sure that they don't humiliate them. And in fact, they reveal the truth to where they have to divulge what's necessary to see them cast it out. Sometimes this situation has to happen. But again, it's not about having a conversation with them. It's about getting the information necessary so that they'll leave. See, when somebody who is a suspect in a crime or when they're someone who is being charged with a crime, they are detained or arrested, they are then questioned. And although with a human, they have the rights to remain silent and rights to, they have certain rights to fight for that. But in the case of that finding the person who is guilty, one's investigating, know that they have to bring the person in for questioning and that sometimes they need to, in fact, interrogate to find information so that they can know how to proceed. And this is true with demons because they are committing high treason against God. They are committing crimes and against God. And so sometimes this is very important. And think about it this way, that if demons are casted out, and this never takes place, sometimes it gives them reason to come back. Legal agreements. Remember talking about legal agreements? Then they'll hold on to those various things that they did, and it will never be clear what they did. Now, at the end of the day, God can handle all that, but I certainly know that when there are certain things that are not divulged or confessed, it gives the opportunity for the individual to hold on to legal agreements to keep demons bound to them, and sometimes it's extremely crucial in the process. Number 12, demons are just too overwhelmingly powerful for us to confront. And this here is a massive lie. Because otherwise, all the things that I told you earlier, where Jesus has given us the opportunity to go and do those things in his name, would not be so. All right, Jesus has given us authority. And he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And he had been given all authority by the Father. But also he took back the authority that we gave Satan. He took it back. He took the keys of death and Hades. And when he took that from Satan, from when he, after he died and then he rose again, he had the keys and he gave it to us. So then after that, that's where he's saying, 
So therefore, go into all the world and make disciples of all men, and so on. And in that passage, we clearly see that he has now commissioned the believer to do those things. And of course, when he set out the Great Commission, it doesn't mean that automatically everyone can just all do those things. No, they do need to make the effort to step into that process to where their lives are sanctified and then where God recognizes what's in there. And at the appropriate time, he confirms that and they go out and then are able to fulfill the Great Commission. But again, he's clearly explained this. I have taken the authority and now I'm passing that to you. I'm passing that opportunity to you. We have the authority because of Christ within us. Because of Christ within us, we fulfill that authority. Without him, no. But with him, he is the hope of our glory. Christ in us. And so this means that we don't need to live out of fear when we're dealing with demons, that they're just too much to deal with. In fact, fear feeds them and keeps them in a place of power. But instead, we need to walk out of faith that God is greater and that he has this figured out. I can personally testify to that. That many times I have seen great things happen because of what was inside me. It wasn't me doing any of those things. It was God inside of me. And I've seen atmospheres change because of that. So why should we be afraid of demons? No, we need to apply God's authority against them. And we need to fear God more. Number 13. Demons will lie to you if you asking them questions. They will not answer the questions. And they will mislead you. And I will tell you that... They can do that, but only if they've been given the ability to do so. But under Christ's authority, Christ has the authority to bind them up. He's given us the authority to bind and loose, so we have the authority to bind them up and to bind them to only give the truth. And the only thing stopping that is actually to do with if there are legal agreements in the person. That's what stops that, if there's still a deception there. But if demons are at the point where it's their time to leave, they will have to give the truth and nothing else. And we can absolutely take Christ's authority against them and see to it that they only give the truth because every knee will bow and every tongue confess Jesus. So that's very important. Number 14, we should not allow demons to manifest at all. Well, I would ask you the question, what do you mean by manifesting? Do you mean when demons leave and something funny happens with that? That's not the correct understanding of that very much that kind of manifestation is completely fine because that's going to happen. Is it a manifestation in terms of not allowing the demons to talk? Well, we just established that one. Oh, how about if the demons are making the person hurt because we don't want that to happen? And I say, yeah, for that one, I would bind a demon up and prevent it from being allowed to make those kinds of manifestations. Anything to where they're hurting a person or making them slither around or jolting them around or jerking their necks or things like that. Yeah, of course, I'm going to bind them up from being able to do that. That's really important. Number 15, the devil's defeated. Jesus did it all and we don't need to fight anymore because he fights for us or has already won. I would tell you that... That depends on how much you give way to Jesus and give him permission to work on your behalf. And it depends on how much you have been willing to take action to apply that which he's done. There is a misconception because of what he's done. Christians think, oh, well, it says the cross, the final curse. So therefore, it's already all done and the devil's defeated. Actually, what scripture says with the defeated thing is that it says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. 
So therefore the works have been now to where they've been exposed. Things have been set in motion to where now the devil's works can be destroyed through the believer applying the faith in Christ and exposing those things. But it doesn't mean that everything's fully done yet. He's not fully yet defeated until such a time as which he's casted into the lake of fire. Until that time, we have to apply that which Jesus has done. We have to apply his authority into our life. We have to invite him to deliver us. We have to give him the opportunity to do those things. It isn't all said and done. His work has been established. What he needed to do to atone us from those things, to set us free, has been established. And through that, when we apply that, we apply the blood of Jesus, we're applying his authority to deliver us to where then those demons must leave us. And so we have to understand that. There's power in the blood of Jesus to break every chain. So we have to apply it. We have to apply his authority for him to set us free through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is very important to understand. Number 16. Well, we just need to know our scriptures, and we just need to recite the right ones and just let the sword of the Spirit do the work and let Jesus work through the word. If you only knew the right scriptures, I'll tell you that that is uh, oversimplification. The sword of the Spirit is absolutely one of our spiritual weapons in our arsenals, but it's not all of it. And the idea that if we just know scriptures well enough, that will be enough for us to get free. I will tell you that, again, this is an oversimplification and an error. See, and that's coming from the idea we know the truth, the truth will set us free. Absolutely. Absolutely. But is it that in itself? No, it's also the power of the Holy Spirit at work. The word says that the anointing breaks the yoke. So, in other words, to break those bonds, those chains, those shackles, everything that keeps us bound to demons, we also need to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. So, think about the sword of the Spirit more like this. It's a two-edged sword. It's both the truth, which sets us free. It's the word, but it's also the work of the Holy Spirit at work. It's a double-edged sword. So deliverance looks like the truth sets us free, Jesus sets us free, but with the power of the Holy Spirit at work. Because that's the promise of that every believer will have the Holy Spirit work in them. And so through the power of the Holy Spirit at work, through the believer helping, but also the presence of that within us, demons have to leave by the anointing and the presence of God. I also find that through the help of people ministering deliverance, they can also pray for more of the power of the Holy Spirit to minister to the believer receiving so that they'll be strengthened for deliverance. And that's very important as to another reason why it's important to have someone else to come along and facilitate and help that. But again, it's very much a thing of the Word and the Holy Spirit, Jesus and the Holy Spirit present to see people get set free. And we need to understand that. And ultimately, it's to reconcile everyone unto the Father so they'll know him even more. And the Father really is at work in healing the inner man, healing us in our spirits so we get closer to him in our identity. And so our minds can be renewed. And that's very much connected to the Father. But we have to understand that to get there, we need Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit setting us free. The anointing breaks the yoke. So I want you to understand that. Number 17, placing demons behind every circumstance in life gives a greater glory to Satan and gives the devil all the credit. I understand the idea behind that, but in thinking that, we also dismiss 
how much, again, that Satan wants to do. All those things I told you already about that his plan is simple. It's to steal, kill, and destroy. And so he wants to rob us of so many things in life. I mean, even the issue of sickness and infirmities, issues of mental illness, things like that. I mean, there's so much of that present on the earth. And to understand that he wants to rob people of sanity, rob them of a sound mind, all those things. God didn't give people a spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. And so many people yet are afflicted in anxiety alone. People are afflicted in issues of depression. And no, I don't think that these conditions are simplified as just demons, but that the demons actually are tormenting the mind to where it causes illnesses to take place. It causes them to be in a state of having various mental issues that would not be so if there weren't demons present in their life. And to suggest that by admitting that would be giving the devil more credit is absolutely absurd. Because do you think that God is to blame for those things? Do you think we should just simply state those things are, oh, our lot in life, or just the way we are, or a way of thinking, or a particular type of brain that God has created? God is the God of order. He doesn't create chaos. He doesn't create disorder. Satan has plans for chaos in people's lives. God did not create disorder. He did not create illness. He is not behind that. No, that's, on the contrary, that's Satan who's behind that and his demons. Oh, but if we pay so much attention to where there are demons present all the time, we're just giving the devil credit. Well, I don't think so, because do you think that it's giving the devil credit to expose him and to expose what he's doing on the earth and to support what the Word says he's doing? No. In fact, the Bible says to have nothing to do with darkness, but rather expose it. Again, this stuff doesn't give it credit. It actually gives God the glory when people get set free and when Satan's agendas are revealed because then they can be shut down, you see. There's power in confession. So Satan would love you to think that. You're giving him credit, but you're not. You're actually giving God the glory when Satan's plans are exposed. And that's the truth on the matter. If the Bible says to have nothing to do with darkness but rather expose it, then we know we're actually fulfilling what Scripture says. Number 18. Deliverance can be done on my terms, and deliverance can be an opportunity for promotional experiences in my life to advance me in my career or my calling or whatever I need. It is not about you. It is all about Jesus and what he wants. And let me tell you, deliverance is all to do with dying to self. It is not about an opportunity where you get an advancement in position because of the fact that you get delivered. If you're looking for that, you never find what you're looking for, and you'll go away not being satisfied. This is why Jesus challenged the rich young ruler when he asked him, what must I do to inherit eternal life or inherit the kingdom? He said, have you done all these things? He asked him all these things. He said, I've done all these things since I was a young boy. And Jesus says, well, how about you sell all you have and give to the poor? In other words, how about you surrender everything? He turned away sad, right? Because he was still in pride because he boasted in his riches and all that he had. And so with deliverance, it looks like full surrender, a change of lifestyle. And we have to understand that. This is very important that we understand. Deliverance is a change of lifestyle. And number 19, I can go back to whatever lifestyle I want after deliverance. It's just a thing I'm going through. And when I'm done, I can return to life as normal. 
Absolutely not true. What is normal? If you've been living in bondage and deception, how are you going to know what it is or what it should be? But really, life as the way it's been cannot continue in deliverance. See, because deliverance means a change of lifestyle. So it means that you can no longer live the same old life you've been living. You need to die to self and you need to be willing to die to that old life. You need to lay everything down. You need to lay all your agendas down and understand that life as usual will not be able to continue because it's a change of lifestyle. As much as deliverance is a lifestyle in itself, it's also about a change of lifestyle. And it's about change. And it's about you going away from the life you've been living and knowing that that way of living and that life you're in is not right before God. And it cannot continue that way. And that means there's going to be change. And you need to understand that part of the basis for your deliverance and the timing of it is very much dependent on you being willing to change your lifestyle, change things around you. And to where you're already preparing your heart, you're coming in prepared. You're coming in prepared to surrender everything and let go and let things take place that need to take place. So let God have full control of you. That's very important. So the demons don't have access to you. It has to be that way. Full surrender. And that after your deliverance, you're going to need to make some big changes too. And you're going to need to be willing to change how you're going about things. And that's very important. You need to stay in the place of deliverance. You have to maintain it. And finally, number 20. My life is a complicated mess. I'm doomed. I'm damned. And I'll never be free. Well, if you believe that, then it is as according to your faith, I suppose. But let me tell you something. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what God says about your life. And if it was dependent on what you said and thought that was really the case, then we'd all be hooped. Thank God that's not true. Here's what the Bible says. Passage in Ezekiel says, all souls belong to God. This is very important to understand this. So that means that you are no exception. All souls belong to God. I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of that, but to understand that ultimately God has the final say over everyone. And if you are deciding that you are an exception to that rule, then you are placing your own reasoning higher than God and not allowing what he says that all souls ultimately belong to him. And we mentioned about Joel 2, talking about that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. If you call on God's name, he will deliver you. It says, all who call on the name of the Lord, that all part means all souls. It means you too, if you call on his name. The thing that's stopping you, my friend, is actually you and your own decisions on those issues. Your beliefs and your perspective is what's doing it. Your own apostate thinking. But it is not God and himself deciding for you that your lot in life is to be doomed or damned. And that you will not be able to have deliverance because you are the exception. There's just nothing about that. The only exception, if you will, are demons themselves and Satan. But there's no, like, a reserved place in hell, for example, for the exceptions of people. Well, what about people who are wicked, who choose to turn their back on God and do nothing to do with him? Don't they go to hell? Yeah. Yeah, if they never repent and call on Jesus to save them. And if people 
choose to forsake deliverance, yeah, their life can stay a mess if they choose that. But again, you have the free will. And so it's ultimately up to you to decide that you want this. Deliverance will not work if you don't want this. All right, and that's important. So what if you do? So we're going to give you one more list here. And so this has been a longer episode than normal, but I feel that all these things are very important to understand for deliverance. So now we're going to go into that other list. What do we need to do to get delivered? All right, so I'm going to go through that now. What do we need to do to get delivered? So number one, call upon Jesus to deliver you. Call upon Jesus to deliver you. And again, going back to that key scripture, Joel 2, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. So what do you need to do? You need to cry out to God to set you free. Cry out to Jesus that you want to be delivered. You have to want to be delivered. So it's very much important that you ask him to deliver you. And he will fulfill it. And he will answer you and he will honor that cry, that prayer. He will. Regardless of the timing and the duration and the process. But he will do it. Don't ever think he's not answering it because he will do that. If the word says, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered, it shall happen. So you call on him to deliver you. Regardless of the process. Right? Number two. Consecrate yourself and your life. Set yourself apart. All right, to consecrate oneself means to set themselves apart, to decide. You need to set your mind and your heart on wanting to live holy, to wanting to be set apart unto God and not to be like the world. And this is important that you have to understand you need to live that life, a sanctified life, set apart unto Him. Let God sanctify you, consecrate yourself, to prepare yourself for Him. All right, that's very important. And in that, there's a few sub-points. So point A, prepare for it by fasting and through prayer. Very important, prayer and fasting. And some of the most stubborn demons come out through prayer and fasting. And Isaiah 58 also confirms that fasting is to see the bonds of chains be broken. That's very important to understand that. So point B, remove idols in your life. And this can be various things. It could be idolizing certain stuff. It could be certain accursed items that you have. It could be certain literature, certain books, certain material items. It could be you've idolized yourself. It could be other people. Remove the idols from your life. Very important. Don't let anything be put above God. And letter C. Cut off bad relationships and reestablish good ones. This is very important. You have to realign your relationships and have healthy ones in your life and to remove the ones that are not healthy or do whatever it takes. If you have ongoing issues where you can't do that, then do all you can to create the necessary space or whatever you need, but make sure to do that. And now point number three, get into the word. This is very important and make sure to do this before and after your deliverance. Why? Well, because you need God to renew your mind. And that's a big part of the process is you need to do that. And you need fresh revelation from God. Okay, next one, number four. Spend time in worship to strengthen your spirit. Well, this is very important both before and after deliverance also, as it is getting into the Word. But this is very crucial because you need your spirit to be ready and quickened. Otherwise, you're in a state where you'll be in more passivity. And in passivity, it's a lot harder to rise against that. 
So it's important to actually get into worship. Make sure you're worshiping God, praising Him. Praise is a weapon in warfare. So yes, spend time in worship and praise is another way of saying it. Strengthen your spirit. Make sure to do that both before and after deliverance. Number five. Five is the number of grace. I find it convenient that I wrote as number five this point I'm about to say. Remember, we want to be living out of God's grace, and we want to be at that level when we are doing these things so there's grace to get free. Number five, reach out for help. Reach out for help. So simple, but it's true. And there's a few reasons why we need to understand that deliverance operates under God's work through other people. And I'm not saying all deliverance is this way. Like there are some times where we go in and maintain that later, and that's a little different. But when you are going into getting deliverance for the first time especially, this is really important. God works through others in deliverance that he's called that others shall cast out demons in his name. And we're doing a disservice if we do not reach out for help. And let me tell you, if you're struggling with demons that make you want to stay in control, that want to feed pride within you, do you think that you're going to get free if you are trying to go at this alone? The answer is no, absolutely not. Because you have to go in the opposite spirit of what's affecting you. And for this alone is why we need to understand that we need to let God work through others. And out of the sevenfold spirit of God, spirit of counsel, is made manifest through this. You must reach out for help. And you must find people who can help you get free. Do not try and do this alone. Especially not if you've never done this before. Make sure to reach out and get the necessary people to help you walk through deliverance. This is absolutely crucial. And especially at that point. Number six, confess. Confess. This is so important. The Bible says that when we confess our sins to one another, we'll be healed. And so we have to understand that in this process, all right, it's through the power of confession that that whole process starts of us gaining freedom. Freedom comes as we open our mouth and confess. You have to if you want to see things broken it starts by just simply admitting what took place. What were the iniquities? What were the sins that were involved? What were the legal agreements in your life? And so on. When that information is brought into the open, it exposes the enemy. So confession is so important. Confess your faults to one another that you will be healed. And there's power through that witness. Again, it can't just be just anyone, of course. And that's understandable, but you still have to do that. You have to confess. All right, number seven, repent. Now, this is very important. Repentance means to change your mind. It's a change of mind, and it's a change of heart. Repentance means to change the way you think. All right, and this is important. So repentance is very crucial at this point. So once you have confessed and admitted what took place, either way, you have to now repent. And basically, at this point, when you're repenting, you are turning your heart from what you've done. And so, absolutely crucial. Repentance is a lifestyle in itself. But I find that a lot of those things at that point really start breaking after the confessing and then repenting. It starts to break because your heart realizes now you don't want this anymore. And so, in your heart, you are doing an about face and deciding to do war against those things which have affected you. Repenting means that you're turning away from those things. This is important. It's to turn. 
change of heart, change of mind, right? Number eight, forgive. Very important. You need to forgive others and you need to forgive yourself. I remember earlier when I was talking about the issue of unforgiveness. So therefore we know that forgiveness is so crucial and really forgiving also then goes another step further in terms of also releasing blessing or lifting the curse that took place by the blood of Jesus. When we put that into effect over the people that we're forgiving, we are then releasing them and we're releasing them from whatever sins or iniquities took place and really allowing Jesus to then be free to do what he wants to do, to bring freedom for you and for others. If you hold on to them, you keep yourself bound with them in those things. So forgiveness is crucial and forgiving yourself as well. Because again, Jesus wants us to love our neighbor as ourselves. So we have to do both equally as and to the same extent, the same degree, same effect. Number nine, renounce. This is a crucial one. Renunciation must take place. I have explained before that in order to see legal agreements being fully broken, it has to get to the point of renunciation. All those other ones I mentioned, but renunciation is very crucial. To renounce means to come out of agreement. So to fall fully out of agreement is to renounce. And that means to, with your mouth, then renounce. It's like applying your repentance. You're then saying, and now I turn in applying it this way. I renounce. I come out of agreement with these things. All right. This is crucial in order to see legal agreements broken. Number 10, get demons casted out. And notice that until this point, I haven't mentioned that yet, but you have to understand this is the whole process. So get demons casted out. And so there's a preparation involved before getting to that point. But I would especially stress that at this point, find people to help you with that. Because there are some demons that are really stubborn and difficult and it can be really complicated and entangling and frustrating to try and get these things out on your own. So it's always good to have someone else there. And even if you are conscious the whole time, sometimes it just helps having someone to help navigate the way through to deliverance. Having someone to facilitate that process can help to expedite the process and make it go a whole lot faster than if you were trying to deal with it all by yourself. And it is fulfilling as well in so many aspects of scripture to where the fact that we are working with the body of Christ and we are honoring that to where we're confessing to one another to where we are allowing Jesus to fulfill the great commission to see others casting out demons out of people and so many things. It also shows that we are willing to fully trust God that this is all in his hands. Number 11, replace. And this is very important, replace. Okay, we gotta come in the opposite spirit when we're going about these things. And going in the opposite spirit is what will then allow us to get free, but also living in the opposite spirit is what keeps us free. We have to fill the void. And this is very important, thinking about scriptures like when spirits come out of a man or out of a place, they go into dry places and they look for somewhere to go. When they go back to the person where they were, if the house is swept in order and clean, that person, and it's empty, they will try to bring back other more wicked spirits with it. It's very crucial that the Holy Spirit comes and fills that place that was formerly occupied. And so I can't stress enough 
at that point, there needs to be that taking place to refilling what was formerly occupied and to increase his presence in the person's life now that the demons are left and they're gone. But also, here's the other thing, that when this takes place, it's now a greater opportunity for that. And that this is important in this situation of deliverance. I find here's another reason why we need other people, because sometimes it can get tiring, it can wear us out. And so it's important that the person is filled up with more of God to also strengthen them for what needs to take place and really also to help nourish them and strengthen them in their spirits. And in very many ways, I find that deliverance and inner healing go hand in hand because sometimes the spirits are wounded. Well, a lot of times they are wounded going into deliverance and where the person has woundings and that's allowed demons to be present. But also the person needs that surrounding the time of deliverance or alongside of it before or after. Either way, they need also to get healed and they also need their minds to be renewed as well. But all that can take place as we replace and we fill what was formerly occupied. Let God fill what was formerly occupied. You need to make sure that you are allowing the Holy Spirit to come and fill those places and the opposite spirit, those things that the demons stole from your life. Number 12, renew. Okay, renew this is important. Renewing of the mind is very much in the season of transformation, of sanctification, the deliverance seasons in our lives, especially those seasons. And so renewing your mind is what God wants to do as a result of it too. So you need to set yourself up so that you are then allowing him to do that even after you've been delivered or as you're going through the process no matter how many times you go to get help with that. But you always go away, allowing God to renew your mind and transform it. And this is important scripturally. And this will be also leading into the next episode where we will visit this issue more. But we got to understand that God needs to renew our minds because demons leave our minds in disorder and all those things. And when we are now without demons, the house, the house, us, we are now swept clean and in good order, and now God has the opportunity to renew us and re-strengthen us. So renew is that last point, number 12. And we have to understand that we're in it for the long haul as a season, and so there's always more. But this must take place. The opposite must be what's now in effect. Give opportunity for God to transform you and really for him to then do all that he wants with your life. And I suppose there is a sub-point to that. Either it's a separate point or sub-point. So either A or bonus point, point 13. And that being that we need to heal. And deliverance is what helps us to move into that as well. And a lot of times, many demons that want to prevent us from getting well and heal are the very demons we need to get delivered from. And in such cases, when we do get delivered, not only can the mind renew, but also... Now we can get healed, and our body is now reset to the point where it's restored to its original design, which is for it to be able to heal or receive healing from the Lord. Designed our bodies with that, and even some people in the medical community admit this, that our bodies are meant to heal to an extent. And obviously they can't admit certain areas of healing, but there is some aspect to where they are aware of this. And again, that can all happen when we're delivered. So the sub-point being heal. And this is where we're allowed to now fully be able to see that happen too. So transformation isn't just within the mind and renewal of the mind after deliverance, but it's also physical healing. Your body being brought into certain areas of healing. 
Now, why does it not all happen sometimes? Why does it not happen the way we expect? Well, God has this perfect timing in mind with all of that. But I'll tell you that deliverance makes a lot more things happen and possible with our bodies. And that's a great thing. I suppose there is another sub-point. So sub-point B. And or this could be the extra second bonus point. 14 would be get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because a lot of the times what's holding that back is the need for deliverance. And when we get delivered, God is now free to confirm our readiness at the right time, of course, after there's been a renewing and a healing. But then he can confirm a greater readiness and a greater capacity for him to pour in through us to be a vessel for others. And at such a time, he will confirm it through baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so if that's been holding that back from experiencing that and also then being able to move forward and advance into what God has for us, deliverance was the crucial issue. And once that takes place, we're now in a place where we're fully able to receive all the Holy Spirit has because there is no mixture. We can then experience the Holy Spirit without measure, which is what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is all about, being fully immersed in his power. And we'd be able to walk in that because there's no perversion, no compromise. And at that point, where, whenever that is, where there's a greater measure of breakthrough from deliverance, there is now a greater sanctification that's taking place, and the Holy Spirit can come in. And as his fire has already cleansed us and delivered us, now we can be baptized into the fullness of his power and move in the gifts and move in his power to advance the gospel and to advance his kingdom. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. All right, so at this point, I have gone through the list of all the things that would be needed in terms of preparing oneself to be able to receive deliverance, what is needed to get delivered and also to stay delivered and to be able to fully be transformed and used by God. This is the entire process. These are the things that you need to allow to take place for that to be a success. And I hope that helps you in when you're looking at the whole process. That's my heart for you. This episode has been a two-part episode for a reason, because this subject is so near to my heart, very important, and it's such a big issue that it needed to be split up into two things. The whole thing being that this is an intro to deliverance. That's the whole aim for it for you. But really, although we have only scratched the surface, there's so much more to go in-depth on the subject at later times. And in the first one, we have gone through the whole thing of the biblical basis for deliverance. And this time, this particular part two of this episode has been all about how to get set free and find your voice. See, because the whole bigger journey that we have been discussing here, in the grand scheme of things, our life is a journey with the Lord. It's a journey of transformation. That's the whole big picture. Sometimes when I talk to people and we talk about what's their testimony, they get hung up on that, oh, it's this big life journey thing, which is also true. But within that, there are smaller testimonies where God moves and transforms us. That's what it's all about. But at the same time, very much God takes us through the process of deliverance. And sometimes he takes us through a very specific season where it all is happening all at once, which is very much like this wilderness season We'll revisit that at a later time in a different episode. But the whole thing is to understand you're in this journey. And sometimes the Lord has you in a season where he's doing a lot of that. 
And deliverance is a lifestyle. Deliverance is many layers of depths. And sometimes God takes you further into that at other times to go deeper on those issues. So it doesn't mean it's all over. Once you get demons out, there sometimes are deeper things that God takes you through at a later time. But within a wilderness season of deliverance, if you will, God will often take you through a lot of it all at once. And so that's the aim when you're going through these steps. At the same time, it also gives us a framework to understand how to go through those things at a later time. So I've given you these different steps so you understand how to successfully go through that season, go through that process, so you are set up to succeed in getting delivered. That is very important for you. But of course, with an intro to deliverance, how would that be complete without the final application where we walk through deliverance? That's what we want to do. And a number of you have been waiting for that. And so now comes the part that you've all been waiting for, where we are going to walk you through that application. And some of you have never experienced this before at all, so this will be your first time. Whereas others of you, you've probably been going through this at various times in your life, or maybe you've been going through a major season of it. Whatever it is for you, we want to walk through that with you. So we will definitely be doing this in application now. And so that's how we'll be finishing up this particular episode and this part two of the episode. We're going to wrap that up with the major conclusion. It would be kind of hard to not do that if we've been teaching on that. It'd be hard to not walk through then you experiencing that for yourself. So we'll be going through that in a moment and I will be leading you through to experience deliverance. It'll be somewhat of a mass deliverance since various people are listening to this in many ways. The title of this part and this edition has been How to Get Set Free and Find Your Voice. See, in other words, with the things I'm telling you with this seasons of deliverance, the whole aim is that you get set free so then you can be used at the full capacity, that God can do more through you. So you can really see God operate through you in the anointing. As I said earlier, there's this thing of that God wants you to get baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. He wants you to experience that. But in many ways, what might be stopping you from experiencing the fullness of that is that he needs to purify you and he needs to get you delivered. And when you can get delivered, then he can move through you more powerfully and you can see a greater level of God's power, his anointing at work through you. And also, in the same way, there will be also greater application for you to then do things for his kingdom. See, what is sometimes holding us back from that call on our life is not necessarily even others. It might be ourself because we're not willing to step into what God has for us. And in part one, I mentioned this thing that for various ones of you, maybe you know there's a call on your life, but you know that there's something in you that's stopping you from doing that. And really, ultimately, it's you've been stopping from going through, getting delivered, and facing those things head on. So then you can move forward and then into the next season. The thing that's holding it back is ultimately your choice as to whether you want to get delivered or not, whether you're willing to do that or not. It takes surrender, and it takes really laying it all down before the Lord for that to happen. And if you're willing to do that, then God can move through you, and God can do anything because you're willing to face these things and get delivered. I'll leave you with one more thing. I mentioned probably earlier on about the story of the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and said, 
Master, what must I do to inherit the kingdom or eternal life? Depending on what translation you read. And in that passage, we see Jesus challenging him and saying, well, have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this? And he asked him all these things. And he said, I've done all these things. I've kept all of them since I was a young boy. And he said, well, there's one thing you lack. Sell you have and give to the poor. Now, why would that be such a big deal? Well, for him, because he put great pride and great joy and put his strength in his riches and his wealth. And so Jesus is testing him to see, yeah, but are you going to do this on my terms or yours? Are you willing to surrender at all? Because that was what was important to him. The one thing you lack, the one thing was the thing which was the most important to him. There was something where he wanted to hold on to doing it his way, and we can't. And Jesus was challenging him that you got to lay that down. You got to lay it all down if you want to do this. And he knew that that was the one thing that was the hardest for him because that's where he put his identity in. He put all of his strength in, and that's the thing. When you want to do what God has for you, you got to want to do it his way. You got to be willing to lay it all down. You got to be willing to die to self and your own rights. And you got to be willing to surrender it all. Deliverance looks like surrender. And so when you go into deliverance, you have to be willing to allow change to happen in your life and the way God wants it, not on your terms. It means a change of lifestyle. A change of the way you think. A change of the way things are happening. And it doesn't mean that you get to hold on to life as usual. It doesn't mean that it can become some sort of opportunity to meet you on your own terms. No, and in fact, it's very much about that God's going to change you on the inside. He wants to have access to you to fully transform you. And that can only happen as you get delivered. If you get delivered, it's going to mean that it now creates the opportunity where Jesus gets to transform you and really be working through you. And that's what you want. That's the end game and the end result of where deliverance should take you. And you have to be willing to allow it to happen that way. And for things to take form and take place the way God wants, not the way you in your own mind and your own reasoning see fit that it should happen. And I hope that makes sense. It's a change of lifestyle, but it's worth it in the end because through that, you find the opportunity to pursue what God has for your life before you. You want to know how to get to finding your voice, your identity, your gifts, your calling? Well, it very much starts at deliverance. It very much starts there. You can move into something where God can then move through you and you can discover all he has for you at the fullness of the capacity for it when you are willing to lay it all down and get delivered. And through that, God will get you healed and transformed too. Again, do you want to discover it? Do you want to know what's there for you in your life? What God has for you, the plan he has for you, the calling he has for you, the voice he has for you. You'll find it through deliverance. And that's why this part two is titled this, How to Get Set Free and Find Your Voice. You find your voice through getting set free. You'll be able to find your voice and your calling and your gifts through that. By the fire of God, not only does he baptize you into the Holy Spirit and fire, but it's the same fire of God that also delivers you. And God wants to be able to do all of that, to be able to fully sanctify you, fully purge you of everything that's not of him. Will you do that? Will you let God do that today? I challenge you all to that. 
And as I go into leading you through deliverance, my heart, I would ultimately hope that you would be in that place where you're willing to lay it all down and let God do whatever he wants with you. Amen? And think of it this way. It very much, in many respects, means you are very much also wanting to get free from yourself. And so that's very important to understand is, like Paul said, that my old man is crucified with Christ. You have to understand that when you're letting Jesus take full control of that, it means that you're letting him change everything on the inside so that you're dying to the old self you were and you're letting him make you a new creation. You have to surrender it all. You have to do that. You have to be willing to do that because it's a change of lifestyle for you. It means it will change everything for you going forward. Everything inside of you means it's not going to be the same. You're going to be changed and you're ultimately going to be put in a position where you are now able to transform into the likeness of Christ and where the power of the Holy Spirit can work in you so you can be used to the fullness in there. By the power of God, by the fire of God, is what both gets you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but also to sanctify you and cleanse you from everything that's not of Him. So that's my encouragement for you as we go forward. All right? Let's do this, but let's do it on God's terms. Amen? And then, well, I'm going to lead you now through a time of getting delivered. And this may be your first time experiencing that. And so I'm going to lead you through a few things. But I just want you to know ahead of time. So I've worked with various people through various times of mass deliverance. And I've done it in various capacities. A lot of it online, actually. And we've seen a lot of fruit in it. And so usually what I do is I'll lead people first through a time of praying and then after they're done their part praying, then they kick back and receive. Now, this is very important for you to understand. Let's go back to some of the things we talked about earlier in the recording earlier on. We said about those steps that you go through. Now, one of them being the confession, all right, the power of it going through your mouth is very important going forward. You have to say these things because that's where the demons work is in legal agreements. But when you confess, it breaks those agreements through simply you being real about those things. All right. And then through the next steps, which is repentance and then renunciation. And through repentance, it means a change of mind and a change of heart. And then renunciation means that you're coming out of agreement with those things. And so I have a few prayers that I lead people through. And usually we tackle in that the confession, the repentance, and the renunciation. They're general prayers, but they work really well when I lead people through them in times of mass deliverance. Now, with this, this is your part, and this is your opportunity to exercise Christ's authority through you. It will also see if Jesus is at work inside of you. It will invite him in to be at work, to do those things, but then also for you to act out that authority against these demons. You're not exempt from this. This is very much your thing. This is your right the children's bread. Remember we talked about that earlier? And so this is your opportunity. And then after you do that part, then you're going to receive. And then I'm just going to pray. And we're going to cast these things out. All right. So let's do this part first together. And just before I do that, though, I'm going to do this. Holy Spirit, we just invite you in to be at work by your power, by your mighty power of the Holy Spirit. Come in and fill every place, everyone who is receiving right now, listening wherever they are, in their car, at home, at work, wherever they are right now. May you fill their places 
with the power of the Holy Spirit, by your anointing, may your angels go forward in the name of Jesus. Right now, we just lose confusion in the enemy's camp in the name of Jesus. We right now do war against what he's doing right now. We Now, as we call on you to do what you're doing, Holy Spirit, we say, come in and invade every space in the mighty name of Jesus, by your anointing, by your power. May you go forward and move in every space right now. Hallelujah. Right now, thank you, Holy Spirit. You're moving by your powers at work. Just repeat after me and say, Holy Spirit, I will not resist you. I receive the power of the Holy Spirit to be at work to deliver me and set me free. And so this is important right now, yeah. I We just welcome you, Holy Spirit, to do those things, to come in and to move by your angels. May you go ahead and minister in the name of Jesus. All right, let's pray and let's say this. Repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ came and died. I believe that he became sin for me. I believe he took my sins upon himself on the cross and because of his blood my sins are forgiven. I claim the blood of Jesus for cleansing from my sins and all my iniquities. Thank you Lord for forgiving me. I repent of anything, any way of thinking, any lifestyle that is contrary to the Word of God, I turn away from it. And I ask you, Heavenly Father, to forgive me for any sin that I have committed knowingly or unknowingly I repent and I ask for forgiveness and I receive cleansing today in Jesus' name. Amen. Now repeat this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, you said in your word, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. I call upon the name of Jesus. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe that he was buried and on the third day he rose again. I believe he ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God. I believe he is coming again. I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe that Jesus is my deliverer. And in the name of Jesus, I call upon you, Lord, to deliver me and set me free from any spirit in my life that is operating, that is against your will,
I break all ungodly soul ties that I have with any person that I've sinned with or been involved with that is not serving you. In the name of Jesus, I loose myself from every assignment of hell, every spirit of darkness, and in the name of Jesus, I tell the enemy, I belong to Jesus. You cannot stay in my life. I remind you that you are defeated. You have been spoiled. Your power has been broken. And through the Holy Ghost, I believe that today I will receive deliverance for my life. I command every hidden spirit that would hide in my life. You must be exposed. You cannot stay. I do not want you. I want to be free. I want to live holy. I want to live clean. I am saved. I am a child of God. You have no right to operate in my body, in my mind, in my soul, in any area of my life. I renounce you. You cannot stay against my will, but you must leave. And in the name of Jesus, I believe that today deliverance is the children's bread. I am a child of God. Deliverance belongs to me. I have a right to it, and by faith, I receive it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, we've just gotten through those mass prayers, and these are ones that we often use on different mass deliverance services that I lead people through, and we've seen great results from it. And so if you have prayed that, you have just successfully walked through confessing Jesus' power, repenting, and renouncing. And so, of course, they're general prayers, but again, they work really well. And so thank you for doing your part. And now I'm going to pray, and you're going to receive. And as I call out stuff, just remember, don't pick and choose what you have. Be open. Don't wait for a demon to be called, the one you think you may have. I'm going to call out stuff and just sort of be in this place. I like to tell people it's almost like there's this place where you feel at peace and comfortable as much as you can, but you're still engaged. So this is the thing. Don't sit in a place where you get too comfortable. Don't lay on your bed. Make sure to sit or be in a place where you are engaged, you are focused, but at the same time, focus on what gives you peace through the Lord and stay in that place so you're open in your heart and your mind so you can fully receive. Just be in that place, whatever that looks like. So I'm going to call stuff out, and you're going to receive. Hallelujah. So right now, in the authority of Jesus Christ's name, I call on angels from the third heaven to assist in the second heaven right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, 
I call on them to assist in battle in Jesus' name. I right now tell you, demons, that you have been put on notice. And as they have renounced you and come out of agreement, you must go where Jesus sends you. And so I put confusion in the enemy's camp. And I say to every demon, you cannot hide, divide, or split. You must go where the true Lord Jesus sends you. If it's your time to go today, you're going to go to the pit as I bind you up and call you out. You're going to go to the pit. And if you cannot go today, then you stay bound up until such a time as which it's your proper time to leave. So in the authority of Jesus Christ's name, I bind up the following spirits to come up and out as I call them. I strip all of you of your armor now in the authority of Jesus Christ's name and hurl all your weapons to the ground. And I command as you are called out in the name of Jesus that you must take all your fiery darts, all your weapons and various things you put in them as well. You must take them out and take them with you and go to the pit as I call you out in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I lose confusion in the enemy's camp right now. We bind all of you up. We round you up right now in the authority of Jesus Christ's name. We round you up. We bind you up. We lasso you. We tie you up in the mighty name of Jesus. In the authority of Jesus Christ's name. I take authority over the following spirits. I take authority over spirits of bitterness, spirits of resentment, spirits of hatred, spirits of unforgiveness, spirits of violence, spirits of temper, spirits of anger, Spirits of retaliation, spirits of murder, I bind you up as one in the authority of Jesus Christ's name, and I command you to come up and out and go to the pit in the mighty name of Jesus right now. Come up and out and go to the pit in the mighty name of Jesus. All spirits of bitterness, come up and out in the name of Jesus right now. All resentment, all hatred, all unforgiveness, all violence, all temper, all anger, all retaliation, all murder spirits, come up and out and go to the pit in the name of Jesus. I take authority over all spirits of rebellion, self-will, stubbornness, disobedience, anti-submissiveness. I bind you up as one, and I command you right now to come up and out of them in the name of Jesus and go to the pit. Go to the pit in the mighty name of Jesus. I bind up all spirits of strife, contention, bickering, arguing, arguments, quarreling, fighting. I bind you as one, command you, come up and out in the name of Jesus. Go to the pit. Go to the pit. All spirits of control, spirits of possessiveness, dominance i bind just one come up and out in the name of jesus control manipulation domination come up and out in the name of jesus go to the pit right now i take authority over spirits of retaliation destruction spite hatred sadism hurt cruelty i bind just one command you come up and out in the name of jesus right now up and out in the mighty name of jesus all the way out spirits all the way out all these ones i called out up and out I take authority over all spirits of accusation, spirits of judging, criticism, fault finding. Right now, command you to come up and out in the name of Jesus. We forgive all the perpetrators. Right now, I intercede and stand in the gap, and I forgive every perpetrator in the authority of Jesus Christ's name. We lift the curse by the power of the blood of Jesus. All the curses of unforgiveness and bitterness are broken in Jesus' name. I command you to come up and out in the name of Jesus. All spirits of accusation. All spirits of judging, criticism, fault-finding, come up and out in Jesus' name. I take authority over all spirits of rejection, fear of rejection, self-rejection. Yeah, we right now uproot those roots in the name of Jesus, and we command those spirits to come up and out in the name of Jesus. All spirits of rejection, all spirits of rejection that would lead to other spirits being brought in, come up and out in the name of Jesus. I take authority over all spirits of insecurity, all spirits of inferiority, 
I command you to come up and out in the name of Jesus. Insecurity, inferiority, self-pity, loneliness, timidity, shyness, inadequacy, ineptness. I bind you as one and command you to come up and out in the name of Jesus. Any spirits that make you feel useless or worthless, come up and out in the name of Jesus right now. Up and out in Jesus' name. All spirits that make you feel useless and worthless, I bind all spirits of jealousy, envy, suspicion, distrust, selfishness, any spirits to do with distrust, suspicion, always making you suspicious, any distrusting spirits, come up and out in the name of Jesus right now, up and out, you spirits, up and out, I take authority over any spirits of withdrawal, pouting, daydreaming, fantasy, pretension, unreality, I bind you as one, and I command you to come up and out in the mighty name of Jesus right now. I take authority over all spirits of escape, indifference, stoicism, passivity, sleepiness. Come up and out in the name of Jesus. Any escape spirits to do with alcohol, drugs, or substance. Up and out in the name of Jesus. I take authority over all spirits of passivity, all funk, all indifference, listlessness, Lethargy, I bind you as one and command you. Come up and out in the name of Jesus right now. Up and out. I take authority over all spirits of depression, despair, despondency, discouragement, defeatism, dejection, hopelessness, suicide, death, insomnia, and morbidity. I bind you as one, command you. Come up and out in the name of Jesus. Up and out in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I take authority over all spirits of heaviness. Gloom, burden, and disgust come up and out in the name of Jesus right now. I take authority over all spirits of worry, anxiety, fear, dread, and apprehension. I bind you as one and command you. Come up and out in the name of Jesus right now. Up and out. Up and out in the mighty name of Jesus. I take authority over all spirits of nervousness, tension, headache, nervous habits, restlessness, excitement, insomnia, Roving, I bind you as one, and I command you, come up and out in the mighty name of Jesus. I take authority over all spirits of sensitiveness, self-awareness, fear of man, fear of disapproval. Come up and out in the name of Jesus right now. Up and out. Loose them. Let them go and go to the pit. Pack your bags and move. Come up and out in the name of Jesus. I take authority over all spirits of persecution, all spirits of unfairness, spirits of fear of judgment, Spirits of fear of condemnation. Spirits of fear of accusation. Spirits of fear of reproof. Spirits of sensitiveness. I bind you as one. Come up and out in the name of Jesus right now. Loose them and go to the pit in the name of Jesus. I take authority over all spirits of mental illness, insanity, madness, mania, retardation, senility, schizophrenia, paranoia, hallucinations. I bind you as one. Come up and out in the name of Jesus. Loose them and go to the pit in the name of Jesus right now. I take authority over all spirits of schizophrenia and double-mindedness and spirits of paranoia. I bind you as one. Come up and out in the name of Jesus. Up and out. Spirits of paranoia. Spirits of jealousy. Spirits of envy. Spirits of suspicion. Spirits of distrust. Spirits of persecution. Spirits of fears to do with paranoia. Spirits of confrontation. I bind you as one and command you, come up and out in the name of Jesus right now. I take authority over all spirits of confusion, spirits of frustration, spirits of incoherence, spirits of forgetfulness. I bind you as one and command you, come up and out in the name of Jesus right now. I take authority over all spirits of doubt, 
unbelief, and skepticism. I bind you as one. Come up and out in the name of Jesus, all spirits of doubt, any spirits of double-mindedness. Come up and out in the name of Jesus. I take authority over all spirits of indecision, spirits of procrastination, or compromise, or confusion, forgetfulness, or indifference. I bind you as one. Come up and out in the name of Jesus. I take authority over all spirits of self-deception, self-delusion, self-deduction, and pride. I bind you as one and command you to come up and out in the name of Jesus. I take authority over all mind-binding, mind-bending, mind-blocking, mind-wielding, mind-racing spirits. Come up and out in the name of Jesus as one. Up and out in the mighty name of Jesus. All spirits of mind control, all spirits of marine mind control, all octopuses and squid spirits, I bind you as one and command you come up and out in the name of Jesus. Any other spirits to do with mind-binding, like confusion, fear of man, fear of failure, occult spirits, spiritism spirits, I bind you as one, up and out, in the name of Jesus, right now. I take authority over all mind-idolatry, mind-idolatry, intellectualization, intellectualism, rationalization, pride, and ego. I bind you as one and command you to come up and out in the name of Jesus. All intellectual pride, all mind idolatry, come up and out in the name of Jesus. Anything that gets the mind to try and reason above scriptures or try to reason itself higher than scriptures, come up and out in the name of Jesus right now. All spirits of fear, fear spirits of all kinds, phobias, hysteria, I bind you as one and command you to come up and out in the name of Jesus. Up and out. Loose them and let them go in the name of Jesus. I take authority over all spirits of fear of authority. Lying and deceit that is also resulting from fear of authority. Come up and out in the name of Jesus and go to the pit. I take authority over all spirits of pride, ego, vanity, self-righteousness, haughtiness, importance, arrogance. I bind you as one and command you come up and out in the name of Jesus right now. All spirits of pride, ego, vanity, self-righteousness, haughtiness, importance, and arrogance. Come up and out in the name of Jesus. I take authority over all spirits of affectation, theatrics, play-acting, sophistication, pretension, any chameleon spirits, mimicking spirits, spirits that try to copy and mimic things, copycat spirits. I bind you as one. Come up and out in the name of Jesus. I take authority over all spirits of covetousness, stealing, kleptomania, material lust, greed, discontentment. Come up and out in the name of Jesus right now. Up and out. I take authority over all spirits of perfection, all spirits related to perfection to do with pride, vanity, ego, frustration, criticism, irritability, intolerance, and anger. I bind you as one. Come up and out in the name of Jesus right now. Up and out, spirits. Up and out. I take authority over all spirits of competition, driving, argument, pride, ego. I bind you as one. I command you to come up and out in the name of Jesus right now. Loose them and let them go. Go to the pit. I take authority over all spirits of false burden, false responsibility, false compassion. I bind you as one. Come up and out in the name of Jesus. False compassion. Come up and out. All sympathetic magic. Come up and out in the mighty name of Jesus. Up and out. Up and out. Any remaining octopus and squid spirits, up and out in the name of Jesus. Any other marine spirits, marine magic spirits, come up and out in the name of Jesus. Any spirits of the waters, any mermaid spirits, merman spirits, any spirits of any nymphs, any narrates, any sirens, come up and out in the name of Jesus. Any amphibious spirits, any crab spirits, come up and out in the name of Jesus. Up and out right now. I take authority over all spirits to do with impatience. Spirits of impatience, 
Can't wait to get this over with. Can't sit around long enough. Are we there yet? Are we almost done yet? I take authority over that spirit in the name of Jesus, and I command you come up and out in the name of Jesus. Spirits of impatience, spirits of agitation, spirits of frustration. I command you come up and out in the name of Jesus. Any spirits of intolerance, resentment, or criticism, I bind you as one and command you come up and out in the name of Jesus. I take authority over all spirits of grief, spirits of sorrow, spirits of heartache, spirits of heartbreak, spirits of crying, spirits of sadness, spirits of cruelty. I bind you as one. Come up and out in the name of Jesus. I take authority over all spirits of fatigue, tiredness, weariness, laziness. I bind you as one. I command you come up and out in the name of Jesus. I take authority over all spirits of sabotage, spirits of sabotage, spirits of distraction. I bind you as one. Come up and out in the name of Jesus right now. I take authority over all spirits of infirmity, spirits of death, spirits that are inherited. Come up and out in the name of Jesus. And he inherited spirits, spirits to do with physical inheritance, mental inheritance, emotional inheritance, inherited curses, inherited spirits that are passed on from the family line. Come up and out in the name of Jesus. Up and out. All familiar spirits. Come up and out in Jesus' name. I take authority over all spirits of hyperactivity, restlessness, and driving pressure. Come up and out in the name of Jesus right now. Spirits of ADHD. Come up and out in Jesus' name. I take authority over all spirits of cursing, blasphemy, coarse jesting, gossip, criticism, backbiting, mockery, belittling, railing, spirits of profanity, spirits of perversity, any perverse spirits. I bind you as one. Come up and out in Jesus' name. Up and out. I take authority over all spirits of addictive and compulsive patterns. Up and out in the name of Jesus. Any spirits to do with addictions to substances to do with nicotine, to do with alcohol, to do with drugs, to do with medications above and beyond prescribed use, to do with caffeine, to do with gluttony, up and out in the name of Jesus, up and out. I take authority over all spirits of gluttony, spirits to do with nervousness, compulsive eating, stress eating, resentment, any spirits to do with frustration, self-pity, self-reward, spirits of behemoth, come up and out in the name of Jesus. Up and out. I take authority over all spirits of self-accusation, spirits of self-hatred, spirits of self-condemnation. I bind you as one and command you, come up and out in the name of Jesus. Up and out. Up and out. All the way out. I take authority over all spirits of guilt, condemnation, shame, unworthiness, embarrassment. I bind you and command you, come up and out in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I take authority over all spirits of sexual impurity, spirits of lust, spirits of fantasy lust, Spirits of masturbation, spirits of homosexuality, spirits of lesbianism, spirits of adultery, spirits of fornication, spirits of incest, spirits of harlotry, spirits of rape, spirits of exposure or frigidity, spirits of frigidity, yeah, all frigid spirits, spirits of lasciviousness, spirits of concupiscence, spirits of harlotry, spirits of defrauding, spirits of fantasy, spirits of sensuality. I bind you up. Come up and out in the name of Jesus right now. Up and out. Spirits of inordinate passion or inordinate affection. Come up and out in the mighty name of Jesus right now. Any spirits of perversion. Any spirits of sexual confusion. Come up and out in the name of Jesus. Up and out in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All unclean spirits. Unclean spirits that came through sexual sin. Up and out in the name of Jesus. Up and out. I take authority over all spirits of cults. 
spirits to do with cults, spirits to do with Jehovah Witness, Christian science, Rosicrucianism, Theosophy, Urantria, Mormonism, Baha'ism, Unitarianism, lodges and societies, societal agencies, people who are misusing the Bible and twisting it into secret societies. Come up and out, these spirits that came through that. Come up and out in the name of Jesus. All cult spirits, up and out in Jesus' name. I take authority over all spirits of divination, occultism, any familiar spirits that are tied in with divination. Spirits to do with the use of Ouija board, palmistry, handwriting analysis, ESP, hypnotism, horoscope, astrology, levitation, fortune telling, water witching, tarot cards, pendulum, witchcraft, black magic, white magic, conjuration, incantation, charms, and fetishes. I bind you as one. Come up and out in the name of Jesus. All familiar spirits, all spirits of divination, all occultism spirits, all witchcraft spirits, come up and out in the mighty name of Jesus right now. Up and out in the mighty name of Jesus. I take authority over all religious spirits, spirits of ritualism, spirits of formalism, spirits of legalism, spirits of doctrinal obsession or twisting of doctrine or twisting of the word, spirits of seduction, doctrinal error spirits, unhealthy fear towards God, and a fear towards hell, a fear of loss of salvation, religiosity. I bind you as one, up and out in the name of Jesus, all religious spirits, all pharisaical spirits, up and out in Jesus' name. I take authority over all spirits of spiritism, spirits that lead people into seances or into being mediums or into necromancy or into spirit guides or into consulting the dead or into conjuring or into incantations or into summoning spirits or into clairvoyance or any other related things. Come up and out, spiritism spirits, up and out in the name of Jesus. Spirits that lead people to channel, to channel the dead, to channel other entities. Come up and out in the name of Jesus. I take authority over all spirits of false religions, spirits to do with Buddhism, Taoism, Hinduism, Islam, Shintoism, Confucianism. Right now, any spirits to do with Eastern mysticism, spirits of Feng Shui, spirits of Taoism, spirits of Qigong, spirits of Tai Chi, spirits of Kung Fu, spirits that use Qi energy to try and balance out the Qi. Come up and out in the name of Jesus. Up and out right now. Up and out in the mighty name of Jesus right now. Up and out. Any other Eastern mystical spirits. Up and out in the mighty name of Jesus right now. Up and out. Hallelujah. Up and out in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And you might be still going through deliverance and other stuff are coming out. But as you go through this, just know that we've only just scratched the surface and there might still be more to go through at a later time. But this is a great beginning to all of that. And that was the whole heart was that you would then get the idea of how to go through this process of receiving deliverance for your life. Receiving deliverance. Repeat after me and say this. Say, I have power to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt me let's also pray this one no weapon formed against me 
shall prosper. And I'm just going to lead you through another prayer here. So repeat after me and say this. Holy Spirit, come and fill every place formerly occupied by all those demons. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Fire God right now. Fire God, more Lord. More Lord, increase, 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 increase. Hallelujah. Come and fill all those places right now. May the anointing increase. Hallelujah. Right now. More Lord, right now. Fill, fill, fill by your power. More Lord. Yeah, so this has been the process of deliverance. And I just walked you through receiving prayers for deliverance. And hopefully a lot has happened during this space of time. And I hope that blessed you going through this episode, both parts of it, and that you have experienced and taken a lot away. That has been my heart through all of this, that you would really feel a fulfillment in all of this and that you'd be able to implement this into your life. And hopefully in future episodes, we'll go into more depth on all these things in detail and go further into that process of deliverance and transformation for your life. That's my heart for you and to see that you would really experience the fullness of that transformation and watch God make you a new creation. And sometimes it goes deeper and deeper, but as you do, he can change all those things. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this time. And we just seal all this up right now in the name of Jesus. And we just declare as they pray those prayers, may no weapon formed against them prosper in the name of Jesus. We bind up all backlash in every way that Satan would try to undermine what just happened or to try and steer them away from the deliverance they experienced to undermine that process in the name of Jesus. It will not happen. And we just plead a hedge of protection around them that they can fully live out this process and go forward from here in the name of Jesus. Well, this has been everything. And please reach out to me if you have experienced new breakthroughs through this. I want to hear about it. We want to hear your testimony. If you have a testimonies from this time, please, please send it to me. But this has been everything that I have now taken you through in terms of the whole thing. And you have experienced all of what it means to walk through the process of deliverance. Obviously, it's a general thing. It's not in depth. And hopefully we'll visit that later. But this was the heart was that you would then experience that and go away understanding what it means. That's all it is. It's not anything crazy like some people think it is. It's just like that. Holy Spirit, we trust you at the process for these people as they have received this time, and we just ask that you would continue that. You began a good work, we'll bring it to completion. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So guys, just remember that this is the beginning of the process, and the more time we give, the more results we get. All right, so deliverance is a one-time thing. It's a lifestyle, and we just begun. We've only just begun. Obviously, there's always more for you, and... Again, like I said, the more you put in, the more you get out. The more time you get, the more results you'll get. And so if you at any time have really been blessed by anything that you've heard and you want to know more and you want to go deeper, you can always reach out to me. 
And don't forget as well, if you're on Spotify and you're listening to us, make sure to click follow so that you can get more episodes like this one. But it's been my pleasure to lead you through all this and to teach you all about deliverance. So thank you for joining and we look forward to you coming back and joining us for other episodes in the future. But this is everything for this time around. My name's EJ and I've been your host and we'll hopefully catch you next time on more episodes of Kingdom Voices Revealed. Blessings to all of you and shalom. This has concluded part two of this two-part episode of Kingdom Voices Revealed. Episode five, Ekbalo, an intro to deliverance. Tune in same time on Wednesday next week to hear our next episode. We'll see you then. Until then, if you have been blessed in any way by this episode and enjoyed any of the content that you have just listened to through this teaching resource, be sure to check us out on Spotify where you can follow us. There you can subscribe to the rest of our podcast and enjoy many other episodes like this one. You can find this podcast on Spotify through the link to this episode. There on Spotify, you can subscribe by selecting the button Follow. My name's EJ, and I'm your host on Kingdom Voices Revealed. It has been a pleasure, and as always, we'll catch you next time. Blessings!